Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everybody. This is Peter King, and this is the first ever Football Morning in America mini-pod. It's a short podcast to introduce you to my Football Morning in America column, and I'll do this every Monday uh, from wherever I am. Today I happen to be, it's uh, 4.10 a.m. I'm in Foxborough, Massachusetts at Gillette Stadium. I covered the Patriots uh, minus Antonio Brown, um, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a fairly stunning 33-3 to uh, New England victory. But this podcast every week, I'm going to try to just give you a preview of my Football Morning in America column. It won't be very long, 12 to 15 minutes. Hopefully you can download it, listen on your way to work, on the subway if you live in New York like me, if you're a long-haul truck driver, you just get a snippet of this before you uh, can get somewhere and read my column. And uh, I just hope that everybody enjoys a little bit of my verbosity before you start work on Monday, wherever you happen to be on planet Earth. So the way I'm going to do this every week, and I'm open to your suggestions, please send them to me by email at Peter King, F-M-I-A. That's Peter King, F-M-I-A, at gmail.com. Happy to take any suggestions. Uh, you can also send them to me uh, uh, on Twitter, which is at Peter underscore King. So what I'm going to do is just give you a few highlights of the column and tell you a couple of things I thought about this Sunday's action in the NFL. Every week, I'm going to read you a section or two of my column that I like, and we'll see if you like it. It'll be a little preview of what you'll get when you sit down and read the column. So uh, when I covered the Patriots in the locker room after the game, I ended up spending about, I don't know, five to seven minutes with Tom Brady after he finished his press conference. We talked a lot about Antonio Brown. And I'm going to read the uh, about the, uh, I don't know, 500-word very top of my column so that you can have an idea of what I learned from talking to Tom Brady after the game, much of it about Antonio Brown. The Dateline, Foxborough, Massachusetts. I would not describe Tom Brady as giddy or overly bubbly about the prospect of playing football with the great but troubled wide receiver he'll meet today, Antonio Brown. When I met Brady for a few minutes in an office just off the Patriots locker room around 12.20 this morning, 
that's Eastern time, an hour after the Patriots finished a stunning 33-3 pasting of the surprisingly docile Steelers in the 2019 season-opening Sunday Nighter, I describe him as pleased that the Patriots went out on a limb and invested millions in Brown. Pleased. Sort of like when you've finished about a third of raking your yard in the fall. So pleased, but not satisfied. There was a lot of positive emotion when it happened, Brady told me. But you know, everybody says, whoa, this is what it can be. What potential they have. But you know, the teams I've been on, they go to work. The NFL's a competitive place. Lots of moving parts. Lots of adjustment. Constantly. Week to week, a guy gets hurt. A guy gets picked up you don't know. You're constantly manipulating your team. We lost our right tackle tonight for who knows how long. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's a big deal. Now we'll add Antonio, and he's got to. There's a lot to learn. The point is, It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to go do it. Let's go do it. That's what my attitude is. Of course, that's why this place works so well. The Patriots have won six Super Bowls in 18 years because Bill Belichick's a dour metronome of preparation and utter consistency. And his goat disciple, Brady, plays the most important position at the same level of preparedness and attitude. So sometime before the Brown deal is announced today, it may have already happened, Belichick will tell Brown something like this. Welcome to the team. Great to have you. Follow the rules. Those who have heard the Belichick welcome say it's not particularly long nor emotional. But there will be an understanding that if Brown continues to act like the petulant child he was in Oakland, he won't last here, even if it means it'll cost New England owner Robert Kraft millions to jettison him. As Brady says, we'll add Antonio and he's got to. There's a lot to learn. Left unspoken. We'll add Antonio and he's got to be the same as everyone else here. A team guy. The expectations are high, Brady said. Coach always says, I'm not going to congratulate you for doing your job. You're not going to get a lot of pats on the back because you completed a pass. That's why you're here. And if I screw up, he's going to tell me. I mean, he knows so much football. He wants it done right. Josh, meaning Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, wants it done right. That's what we're going to try to do now. I said, seems like it's got a pretty good chance to work based on your history here. I hope so, Brady said. I don't think this team would make a decision like that if they doubt it's going to work. We're going to work as hard as we can to make it work to contribute to what we're trying to achieve. So that's how I led my column, and I go through a lot of other things that happened and are still happening uh, with the Antonio Brown story. 
I really want you to read. Uh, I talked to Dante Stallworth, a former NFL receiver, played for the Patriots uh, 12 years ago. He was on that 16-0 and team with Randy Moss and, and Tom Brady and, and uh, you know, a lot of great football players. Um, but there's a great anecdote from Dante Stallworth about he and Randy Moss being stunned that Bill Belichick is going to, or did that day, singled out Tom Brady for criticism uh, for a pass he had thrown in a game. And, uh, you know, the, the inference was, boy, if Brady can get it, we all can. So uh, let's move on to a couple of other things. I thought it was interesting that the Cleveland Browns, um, you know, they played uh, and lost a game by 30 points after having the most hype of any team in the NFL coming into this year. And, uh, you know, I, I write at 4.15 Sunday afternoon in Cleveland, after Tennessee shocked the Browns with a 30-point pummeling, the diehards filed out of First Energy Stadium, and a very light rain began to fall on the lakefront. Even the sky was crying at the Browns' performance. And it was quite... <laughs> Quite a poor performance. Um, my players of the week include uh, Lamar Jackson, who, um, you know, I've told a few people this story, but at training camp this year when I saw the Ravens, Lamar Jackson would not, the day I was there anyway, would not run over the line of scrimmage. He might scramble around, uh, but his basic deal was he wanted to throw the football. When he rolled out, he wanted to throw the football. When he set up, he wanted to throw. And uh, I think that paid off. He only ran it three times on Sunday. He passed it 20 times. And he had a perfect passer rating for the first time in his young career uh, in the Ravens' 59-10 to win at Miami. Uh, he had five touchdown passes. And uh, that's a great, great day for Lamar Jackson and for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, my go to the week was Baker Mayfield. As I said, he threw an interception that morphed into a Marietta to Walker touchdown and a 29-13 lead for Tennessee. He then threw an interception that morphed into a Mar Mariota I got to pronounce it correctly. Mariota to Walker touchdown again and a 36-13 Tennessee lead. Then he turned the ball over on downs and then he threw a pick six to Malcolm Butler and that clinched the game. It gave Tennessee the 43-13 lead. The go to the week was pretty easy for me this week. Uh, my profile this week, uh, you may have noticed that in my column this year, I'm doing this thing called The Profile, in which I have gone around when I visited training camps mostly. I have taken photos of NFL players in profile, looking to their right uh, with any sort of expression they want on their face. But that's been really a fun thing for me. I use the profile um, or the uh, portrait mode on my iPhone, and uh, basically every week I'm going to give you a new player um, who I've taken a portrait of. 
with a different part of his life. And this, it's very fitting. Austin Eckler scored three touchdowns on Sunday for the Chargers in their overtime win uh, against Indianapolis in L.A. And he talks, uh, talks to me about what motivated him growing up on a ranch in Colorado. Uh, he desperately wanted to do sports in his life. And you'll read a, a few fun things about Austin Eckler, who's one of the stars of this week in the NFL. Um, I'm going to read you one of my factoids of the week this week. Here we go. The Oakland Raiders, 12 years apart, have been the donors of two of the best receivers in recent NFL history, Randy Moss and Antonio Brown, to the New England Patriots. The Patriots, of course, paid nothing for Brown, signing him as a free agent after the Raiders cut him on Saturday. A thoroughly devalued Moss, age 30, was acquired from Oakland in 2007 for a fourth-round draft choice. So in exchange for jettisoning Moss and Brown, the Raiders' total haul was a reserve defensive back from the University of Cincinnati, John Bowie, chosen with the 110th pick of the 2007 NFL Draft. Moss and Brown combined have caught 1,815 passes for 26,499 yards and 230 touchdowns. That's in 348 NFL games. Bowie, in five career NFL games with no starts, had two tackles, and no other statistics. So, I'd say the Patriots got the better of those exchanges. I've got a new part of my column this week. It's called Strategy of the Week. And this week, I'll let you read it, but this week, uh, with the help of Pro Football Focus Research, um, I'm going to take a play every week, and I'm going to discuss whether it was a smart call or not a smart call by the head coach. This week, it is Doug Peterson deciding down 20-7 to in the third quarter against Washington to go for it on fourth and one from the Eagles' 34-yard line. Why did he do it, and were the odds in his favor? I think you're really going to like that section of the column. It was a really fun one for me to begin today. And finally, I'm going to give you my adieu haiku now, most of you uh, could probably care less about my adieu haiku, but it's sort of a fun thing to do. For those who don't know, the haiku is a 575 poem. Five syllables in the first line, seven in the second line, three in the third line. So each week I do a haiku about uh, football. And here's what it is this week the adieu haiku. Dolphins, house of fire, a four-alarm inferno, poor Brian Flores. And that, ladies and gentlemen, for everyone around the world listening to this, and I hope there's at least three or four of you, I appreciate you tuning in to the first Football Morning in America mini-pod, and you can expect this every week during the season. We'll have it up by about 5.15 or 5.30 Eastern time every week. Please look for it. I'll tweet it out uh, at my account, at Peter underscore King. 
And um, I hope everybody has a good day. And please get to Football Morning in America. My ace editor, Don Bonvasuto, has already posted the column. It's now about 4.27 Eastern Time on Monday morning. Uh, And I hope everybody has a great football week and a great life week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.